Welcome to Speaking the Truth in Agape Love Podcast. We are hosts, Chad Mitchell and David Finch. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. I'm Chad Mitchell. I'm David Finch. And uh, we're glad to be back with you. A few days late, we had some things come up, and uh, so we're, we're kind of making up here in the morning. So you guys uh, get to see what we're like in the morning. I got my coffee right here next to me. <laughs> David's got some caffeine next to him. Yep. Uh, so we're, we're starting out the day with a Bible study, which is a great way uh, to start the day. Uh, but we're glad to be back with you. Last, last time we talked about um, Christ Church. And so we're going to kind of continue in that a little bit and talk about what his church is. Of course, a uh, few things to take care of first. Uh, first, thanks for listening. Um, like and subscribe. Share us with your friends if you like what you hear. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. Also, um, if you're in the area, Blackfoot, stop by and worship with us at uh, 10 o'clock for Bible classes on Sunday morning and 11 o'clock for worship at uh, 370 North Schilling. Um, here in Blackfoot, and we'd love to have you. We'll be happy to um, receive you with open arms and shake your hand. And, and uh, <laughs> I just hit my mic here, but we'd love to see you, and um, you're sure welcome. Also, Wednesday evening, we have a Bible study at 7:30, and you're welcome to come to that as well. Or if you if you just want to have a Bible study, you know, Dave, you're uh, I'm always looking, always. Um, up for Bible study as I am as well, we we will come to you. So uh, just let us know. Uh, we got email in the link truthinagapelove at gmail dot com, and you can find us on Facebook. There's many ways to get in touch with us. So uh, we'd love to hear from you, whether it's just a question or a comment about the study, or if you would like us to touch on a, a subject, which are um, and enjoy doing that in one of our podcasts. Yeah. So with that, Dave, you got anything to add to that? No, I think you covered it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, we'll just go ahead and jump right into our study then. So this is a continuation of sorts of what we were talking about last week. You know, the, looking at the, the Church of Christ. And, and so this morning we're going to start with what is his church? Now, his church is made up of individuals who follow his will. So his his church is his body. Ephesians 1, 22 and 23. Chad, if you want to read that. Yeah, sure. It says, And he put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. And then also when you look at Ephesians five twenty seven, it says that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. Blemish. And so in here he says, present her to himself a glorious church. Now, I want to bring out a few things looking at at what Chad talked about, that the church is Christ's body. Mm-hmm. And Christ is head over his church, meaning he has all authority. And we really talked about that last week as well. But I also want to bring out Ephesians 5.27 because pointing out that if the church is a building, this wouldn't make any sense at all. And a lot of times people think that his church is the building. 
Yeah, right. And, you know, if Christ is trying to present this building that we worship in without blemish, he's got a long way to go with this building, Chad. Oh, boy. We got we got a leak in one of our, our bathrooms upstairs, and so, yeah, you know, it... <laughs> Long way to go before this building has any. I'm glad he's without a, blemish. I'm just glad he's a carpenter. That's right? right. That's right. But so this doesn't make sense, you know. And another thing, how can we be? How can a building be holy? You can't, right? But I yeah. can tell you what can be holy, and that's the people that gather in this building. You know, as it says in First Peter one sixteen, uh, referring to God here, he says, "Be holy." For I am holy. So, individuals in this local area gather together and make up the local body of Christ. We are responsible for ourselves. You know, we are not responsible for any other congregation. Chad, where you and I gather, this is we're responsible for ourselves to make sure... That we are worshiping God His way, yeah, and and keeping Christ having all authority here. I was thinking of that verse, um, wherever two or more are gathered, there I am with you. Yeah, uh, in that in that context, though, he's actually referring to uh, disciplinary actions. Yeah, Matthew eighteen fifteen yeah. through eighteen. Yeah, yeah. My my point for bringing that up was just it doesn't matter where you gather, you know, or or yeah, you know whether you're in a building or on the the riverbank. Yep. You know that's the church. The people that gather to worship are yeah. that's the ch- that's the church. Well, and um, even in in scripture, it talks about people gathering in their home. Yeah. You know, and so wherever the church gathers, the the church is the people. Not the building. Yeah. So it, it doesn't matter where you worship as long as you are worshiping God his way. Yeah. Yeah, very good point to bring out. And then um, notice here, I, I want to bring out Revelation chapters 1 through 4. John there is writing to each congregation. There's several, diff- several different congregations that he's reaching out to. And I want to... Bring out something here. So, Revelation 2, 8 through 11, he is writing to the church in Smyrna. And he tells them to remain faithful until death to receive the crown of life. And that's Revelation 2, 10. So, here they are told to remain faithful. Which also means they are already faithful. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, they're doing good. By, by all standards, they're doing good. They're told just to remain faithful. Then, when you look at right below that, uh, verse 12 through 17, he's he writes to the church at Pergamos. And then notice verse verses 14 through 16 here. Starting in verse 14 of Revelation 2, he says, But I have a few things against you. Because you have there those who hold the doctrine of Balaam, who taught Balak to put a stumbling block before the children of Israel, to eat things sacrificed to idols, and to commit sexual immorality. Thus you also have those who hold 
the doctrine of the Nicolaitans, which thing I hate. Repent, or else I come, I will come to you quickly, and will fight against them with the sword of my mouth. So notice how the individual members that make up the local church at Smyrna were not held responsible for the individual members that made up the church at Pergamos. So you have individual congregations not being held responsible for one another. And that's important to point out. Our headquarters is in heaven. Yeah. Christ is our headquarters. We don't have any anywhere on earth that tells the whole body what to do. So you have local church, and then you have his church universal. Then you have local churches inside of the one universal church. And so, um, but with that, then the other question is, is how, how do you become a member of his church? Yeah. Because let's not forget Acts 247 there it says the Lord adds you to his church. Mm-hmm. So if the Lord adds you, how, what do you need to do to get the Lord to add you to his church? And that's a question that we all need to ask ourselves, right? I mean, what's, we must need to try to figure out how. Yeah, we how. talked about, um, last week we talked about, you know, Acts chapter 2. I, a lot of times I'll refer to people say, I'm a member of the church that was established in Acts chapter 2. Yeah. And they just kind of look at you kind of funny, you know. But it's true. And and uh, Christ is the head. So, how do you know if you're a member of that church? Because does any church work, you know? Is any church okay? That's right. And that's... That's what you have to determine. That's what you have to determine. Through his word. Yeah. Not just by what somebody says. And and we talked about Luke six forty six. Chad, do you want to read that again? Luke six forty six. Yeah, to kind of refresh us. Yes, refresh our memories a little bit. I've got my page Bible today, so you have to give me. Oh, that's all right. So six. Luke six forty six. All right, I got it. But why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do the things which I say? So here, and who's speaking there, Chad? Um, Jesus. That's right. Jesus is saying, why do you call me Lord and do not do the things in which I say? Mm-hmm. If we don't do what he says and and allow someone else to dictate how we serve him and, and everything like that, and by someone else I mean man, mm-hmm. right? If we allow man to dictate how we worship, then we have no right to even call well, him Lord. A lot of folks go to church and just do whatever... They're told, you know, mm-hmm. the they don't even question it because you're at the church. They think all things are sacred. Yeah. And they don't even question it or think about it or even r- wonder where this activity or whatever came from. Yeah. And and I'm going to tell you, you better make sure it's coming from the Bible, from yeah. God's word. <coughs> That's right. Don't take any man's word for it. That's right. Find out for yourself. Yeah. And so... Because you'll end up being just like this guy. That's right. And so, you know, one thing that we... I'm trying to figure out how to, how I can pivot over there. So, each individual has to determine for themselves 
what must they do to be saved? What must they do to, to become a member of his church? Because if you are outside of his church, just like he said there in Luke 6, 46, you're not even worthy to call him Lord. You know, if you don't follow his commands. And, you know, ask yourself a question. Do you guys have a... The, the church where you go, do they have a headquarters somewhere yeah. on earth? Because if they have a headquarters on earth, that means man is dictating how you worship God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Christ is... Christ is head, you know, and, and the headquarters is in heaven with them. You know, just right here in Luke, um, this this parable that Jesus gives of the the rock, okay? Can, do you care if I read yeah, it? Yeah, go for it. So it says, uh, whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them, I will show you whom he is like. So this is, if you do exactly what Jesus says, this is what you're like. Yeah. He is like a man building a house on the who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when the flood arose, the streams beat vehemently against the house and could not shake it, for it was founded on the rock. But he who heard and did nothing is like a man who built a house on the earth without a foundation against which the streams beat vehemently and immediately it fell, and the ruin on the house was great. So the one who did nothing or... Or basically did his own thing. Yeah. You know, didn't found it on the rock like Jesus. And Jesus is that rock. That's right. But he's the foundation of the church. And if you don't do it the way he said or don't, don't do the things which he says, you're not on the foundation of the rock. That's right. You're totally different. <laughs> yeah. You're on shifting sand at yeah. that point. Uh-huh. Yep. And so... You know, there's steps that he has in place for us to become his a part of his church. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I want to start with Hebrews 11.6, because this is an important passage to understand, too. Mm-hmm. It says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. Yeah. For those who come to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So notice how they use the word faith and belief interchangeably here in this passage. And so as we see in Romans 10, 17, it says, So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Mm-hmm. So faith comes by hearing. Now it's about it's about hearing everything about the Lord. Mm-hmm. You know, it Romans 5 8, it's about hearing about his love. Hearing about the love of God. It says, but God demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Well, and he died for us and we weren't even born yet. That's right. (laughs) But this is the kind of hearing about his love, you know, and and that's, that's what it's about. And then it's about hearing about the mercy of God because without God's mercy... Well, we've already all failed, you know, and without his mercy, we wouldn't even be able to come back into his presence. When you look at Lamentations 3.22, it says, Through the Lord's mercy, we are not consumed, because his compassions fail not. And then it's about hearing about God's grace. How do we obtain God's grace? 
John 1, 16 and 17. It says, And of his fullness we have all received, and grace for grace. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. So grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. So through the law of Moses, there was no grace. Then also in Galatians 5.4, to kind of point this out, it says, You have become estranged from Christ, you who attempt to be justified by law. You have fallen from grace. Now, I want to draw this out because without grace, we have no hope of eternal life. Ephesians 2.5 tells us that. So it is important to notice without Christ, we have no hope. Mm-hmm. You know, it, Christ is the only way, and that's Acts 4.12. So we must hear and understand about the grace of God. And then it's about hearing about the precious blood of Christ. Chad, do you want to read uh, 1 Peter 1, 18 and 19? You bet. 18 and 19? Yeah. It says, Knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers, but with the pre- precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish and without spot. That's right. So we were redeemed through the precious blood of Christ. Mm-hmm. Nothing else. And so this is when you hear all about the love of God. You know, as it states in 1 John four nineteen, we love him because he first loved us. You know, this is how we begin to love God, by recognizing his love for us. Yeah. You know, when, when you look at, at what Christ did, then you look at at Psalm 22 and Isaiah 53, talking about the prophecies of how, how the Savior is going to die. You know, and when you think about that, and Christ was with God from the beginning, Christ knew the suffering he was going to endure. He knew that horrific death that he was going to go through and yet he still willingly went yeah that is a love that i cannot fathom you know and we've said this before but man and then another thing that that is a blessing from god is his word yeah you know if he did all of this but we don't have any way to hear about it through his word yeah it was all done in vain, right? Yeah. And so without God's part on everything, we have no hope. Yeah. And and it's about hearing about God's part. And then that's what makes us believe. This First uh, Peter one twenty one says, Who through him believed in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory, so that your faith and hope are in God. Your faith. Yes. Faith. I mean, you know, and that's what we talked about. Yep. And hope are in God. Yeah. You know, and the the thing is, the word has been preserved for us. You know, it um, it's the number one bestseller and has been for years. God's word. You know, I heard that they actually stopped counting the Bible. Yeah, they did to give other books a chance. <laughs> yeah, 
and yeah. and it just it just keeps going and going right. and you can't get rid of it and and now you know sh- we got them in on our pocket computers here yeah <laughs> and so yeah it uh it just does like one of those things it's like a it's a burr that won't go away you know yeah but it's a it's a good one because it it it's our faith and it's how we hear it's how we hear his word that's right and so <clears throat> once we hear his word then we believe it right i mean yeah that's the the next step as it as christ says in john 8:24 therefore i said to you that you will die in your sins for if you do not believe that i am he you will die in your sins mm-hmm. so believing is a must believing that jesus is the son of god you must believe that he is the long awaited messiah that is talked about all throughout the old testament then also christ also says in matthew 10 32 and 33 that you must confess jesus as such he says therefore whoever confesses me before men him i will also confess before my father who is in heaven but whoever denies me before men him i will also deny before my father who is in heaven so again, confession is a must, yeah. right? And Romans 10, 9, and 10 also says this. It says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So we must confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And, you know, as it says in Hebrews six nineteen, this hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which enters the presence behind the veil. Jesus is the anchor of our soul. And that's a beautiful passage to bring out. We cannot be ashamed of our anchor, right? We must confess him. Mm-hmm. And so... Confession is also a must. And then we see in Luke 13, 3 through 5, um, Christ also says that we must repent. He says, I tell you no, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Or those 18 on whom the Tower of Siloam fell and killed them, do you think that they were worse sinners than all other men who dwelt in Jerusalem? I tell you no. But unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Now, the word repent means a change of mind, right? Yeah. So we even see back in Exodus when God was getting ready to destroy all of his people. And and Moses talked with God. And there in that passage, it says God repented. Now... That just means God changed his mind. And that's if you're if you're reading from the King James Version, it says God repented there. But all that's drawing out is that God changed his mind. And there's you know, and so again, repentance is a must. You must change your mind about your sinful life mm-hmm. and turn towards God. That is the repentance that is required of us. And uh, then the next part, 
Turn over to Matthew 28, 19, and 20. Chad, I'll have you read this. Okay. And this is, keep in mind, this is right after Christ just said that he has all authority in heaven and on earth. And that's Matthew 28, 18. So Christ just says that he has all authority in heaven and on earth. And then he tells his disciples in 19 and 20 what to do. Go ahead and read it, Chad. Uh, 16 through 20? 19 through 20. Okay, got it. Uh, go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. Okay, so uh, I love this passage because it, 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 it brings out everything that we must do, right? So here he says, make disciples of all nations. But how do you make them disciples? Teach them. Teach them, but right after he says make disciples of all nations, what does he tell them to do there? Baptizing them. In the name, in the of, the name of the Father and, and the, the Son and the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And so that's how you make them disciples of all nations. Mm-hmm. And then also teaching them, like you said, Chad, teaching them to observe all, all things, things. That all things that I have commanded you is important. So in the context, Christ is telling them they must make them disciples by baptizing them and teaching them to observe all things. So to go back to what through what we just talked about, Christ said you must believe. Christ said you must confess. Christ says you must uh, repent. And you... You can't have belief without hearing it, right? Hearing mm-hmm. about the the precious word of God. So all of it, all of it plays a part. You must believe. You must confess. You must repent, and you must be baptized. That is teaching all things that He has commanded. Yeah, all things, not some. All. So you can't pick and choose through that. You know, you can't say, "Well, I believe in in Christ." I confess them. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to repent of my sins, mm-hmm. but I'll be baptized. Yeah. Well, if you don't repent, that is a must. You can't pick and choose out of there what you want and what you don't want to do. You have to do all of it. Let's keep in mind, if you don't do what he says, is he going to add you? Mm-hmm. And that's the question that everyone has to ask themselves. That's what I was trying to bring out. Everyone has to ask themselves are you doing all things? You know, when, and right here, as Christ is talking to his disciples here, mm-hmm. his apostles, telling them to go and make disciples of all nations, then you see them doing that exact thing. And you see them all throughout Acts going and making disciples by baptizing. Mm-hmm. You see at the day of Pentecost in Acts 2 37 through 38. At the preaching of Philip in Acts uh, 8, 12, and 13. Philip and the eunuch in Acts 8, 36 and through 38. Saul of Tarsus, Acts 9, 17, and 18. Peter and Cornelius in Acts 10, 44 through 48. Lydia in Acts 16, 15. The Philippian jailer in Acts 16, 31 mm-hmm. through 33. Crispus at Acts 18, verse 8. 
Apollos at Acts 19, verse 4 and 5. And then Paul recounts his conversion in Acts 22, 16. Now, also something that is important to note. So after they have made them disciples, in both Acts 22, or, or Acts 2, 38 and Acts 22, 16, these are the only two places that talks about how they received the forgiveness of sin. Mm-hmm. And it was after baptism. Mm-hmm. Baptism washes away sin. You know, uh, a great place to go to, if you want to turn over with me to 1 Peter chapter 3. So 1 Peter chapter 3. Notice how Paul brings this out here. Starting in verse 21. Or we can we can back up to verse 20. It says, Who formerly were disobedient when once the divine long suffering awaited in the days of Noah, while the ark was being prepared in which a few, that is eight souls, were saved through water. There is also an antitype which now saves us. Baptism. Not the removal of filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience towards God through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven and is at the right hand of God. Angels and authorities and powers have been made subject to him. So here, also bringing out in verse 22, again, Christ has all authority over the angels, over everything. He has all authority, not just on earth, but in heaven also. But notice what saves us. It is the baptism. And notice, it says, Not the removal of filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience towards God. So it has nothing to do with, like we would take a shower or take a bath, right? It's not about taking a bath. It's about submitting to His will Mm -hmm. and obeying. You know, um, the word baptism, the Greek word is baptizo, which actually means submersion or immersed. And so the baptism that is talked about is immersion or submersion underwater. Yeah. And so the sprinkling, pouring is actually not the baptism that we see in the New Testament. Example. That was added by man later. Mm-hmm. Nowhere in Scripture do we see that that was an acceptable baptism by God. Mm-hmm. And so, it's important to, you know, Ephesians 4.4, 4, or actually 4.5, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. You know, there is one baptism that's acceptable. There's one faith, and there's one Lord. Yeah. And so, you know... The baptism that is talked about in Scripture, that the only baptism that is acceptable is the being fully submerged underwater. But it's not about doing it because you stink. It's about yeah. It's about cleaning your soul. Well, and and and, and that's where God forgives you for your sin. And it's being obedient. You know, this is what He asked us to do. Was to be obedient, to be baptized, you know. And I always love to bring up the example of Naaman, you know, when he dipped seven times in the Jordan River. That's right. 
if he would have went and dipped seven times in the Euphrates River, because it's way cleaner. Yeah. Wouldn't have happened, wouldn't have worked because it it was not the directions. That's right. It wasn't following the directions. And we talked about this all the time. But it's so important because we have to do it exactly the way God said. Yeah. If you don't, you're not of him. Yeah. You're you're gonna be calling him Lord, Lord when you're not when he's not your Lord because you didn't do it the way he said. Yeah. You totally did the wrong thing. You you injected something in it that you thought was better. Now it's on you. Yeah, because you thought. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's what you're bringing up. Yeah. And, you thought, and, and that's, well, and it, it doesn't matter what we think. No, it doesn't. And, and so it, it's just like if your boss come and says, hey, you know, David, I need you to do this, 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 and this, you know. And, and so you go and start doing it, and you're like, you know what? I don't think that's what he wants. I'm going to totally change this <laughs> direction, and we're going to do something different. Guess what? It's on you now. It's not your, of your boss. Yeah. It's of you. Yeah. You know, and that's what we're talking about here. If you do this baptism any other way than what is explained right here in the Bible, it's on you. Yeah. It's the baptism of you, not of Christ. That's right. And because you changed the directions. That's right. Or or any of the steps. Any of the steps. Every we're, every one of these steps in is our, crucial. In our worship to him. Yeah. The way we worship him, the way we ask we we uh, are forgiven of our sins. Yep. You know, all of it. Every every bit of what we do and how we conduct ourselves as Christians, if we change any of it, any of it. And a lot of people will say things like, well, we have core beliefs. You know, we believe, we believe that Jesus was the Christ, and that's all that matters. You do your thing, I'll do my thing, we're still the same, same Zs. Nope. That's not the case. That's right. It's it. You have to do everything he said in order to be of him. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. And get this. He's just the messenger. Jesus was just the messenger. That's right. He just relayed what God told him to do. Yep. So now this comes from God. The Father. The Father. Yeah. Not just Jesus. Yep. Jesus was our example. He laid out the example. He laid out the, the, the rules. <laughs> you know, the steps. To be a Christian. Yeah. But it all came from God. So you change any of those things along the way. And that's what we're saying. And a lot of people will be like, oh, that's just a petty little thing. You know? Is it? I mean, what does the Bible say? (laughs) And that's what we're saying. Yeah. You know, what does the Bible say? And baptism gets messed up a lot, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. There we've got people who sprinkle. Well, that's that's not a submersion. Yeah. You know? Or or it's a... You know, we're saved by grace, so that's an act. We don't oh, yeah. have to. So grace. So maybe, we, and so people say we don't even have to be baptized. Yeah. Well, how does that? That's leaving one out. That's putting it on you, not God. Yeah. You're not doing exactly what God but said. What, what's funny is believing is an act. Confession is an act. Repentance yeah. is an act. Yeah. You got to do all of them. You have to do the whole thing. And if yeah. you don't, it's not of God. That's it's right. not of Christ. Yeah. And so, you know... It's no different than doing a totally different thing that your boss asks you to do. It's no different. Yeah. And he's not going to be happy, I'm going to tell you. Yeah. <laughs> You're a boss, you know. Yeah, if, if they go and do t- something totally different, it's very frustrating. Well, and, and here's, the, here's the interesting part to me. Everyone... Most people understand that concept that, you know, while you're at work, oh, sure. you have to do exactly what your boss says. And if not, 
if you just go off and do your own thing, you're not going to work there anymore. Yeah. And then when it comes to religion, they just throw that all out the window. Yeah, it's like, well, God is a loving God. Yeah, he'll understand yes, he is, grace. Do you understand his love? He loves you so much, he will let you walk away from him. Mm-hmm. He's not going to force you to love him. Mm-mm. You know, and, and the, the beautiful aspect, God wants our heart. Yeah. He wants us to wholly love him with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And so when we do this and love him with everything we have, we want to please him and we want to follow his will doing everything he asks. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're making excuses to not do something, and, and this is throughout the scripture, you know, let's say, for example, well, God says, you know, he... Not to curse, but you know what? I'm going to curse anyway. Yeah. <laughs> well, then you you don't love God. No. You know, or if you're if you ask the question, well, God never says I can't do this. Do you love Him? Like, are you trying to please Him with that with that response? Yeah. Because let me tell you something. If if my kids, if I tell them to go to the store, and you know, I drop my daughter off at the front door and says, "Go in and get me some eggs and bring me my change." She gets eggs in a candy bar. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be upset with her. Sure. Just because I never said she could. Mm-hmm. You know, her response to me is going to be, though, Dad, you never said I couldn't. Yeah. Well, I never said you couldn't get toilet paper or Q-tips, but, mm-hmm. you know, you didn't want that either, right? Yeah. Like, you know we're out of toilet paper. I, I live in a house with three girls. Chad, you feel me? Mm-hmm. It's like we never have enough toilet paper yeah. in the house. Oh, yeah. And so, but you never didn't, you didn't get that. You know, and we need that at home. You Mm -hmm. didn't get that, though. Yeah. But that's because she wanted the candy bar. Mm -hmm. That wouldn't fly with me, and I'm an imperfect parent. Yeah. And I wouldn't accept it. How can I think that the perfect father would accept that kind of behavior? He won't. You follow him his way because he knows what's best for you. Period. You know, and, and so... You know, and, and I love how God refers to us as children, because as children we don't know the way. You know, and I I want to bring out Jeremiah ten twenty three here, because there he says, "Oh Lord, I know the way of man is not in himself; it is not in man who walks to direct his own steps." We don't know the way to heaven. We don't know. Only Christ does. And he came down as the messenger to give us the message, this is the way to the Father. And then, to prove that this is the message, that's when we see God performing all the miracles. Mm -hmm. Only the Father, only God could do something like that. And so, Christ proves himself to be who he says he is. By performing these miracles. And then the ultimate proof was when he died, who raised him from the dead, Chad? Yeah, um, God did. That's right. The Father raised God, raised Christ from the dead. So, ultimate proof that he is the Son of God like he said he was. Because if he claimed to be the Son of God and then died, well, well, and... The the father wouldn't raise him from the dead if that was not his son. If you if you want to read about this, the account of 
Christ, you know, after he was risen, you know, even just um, Thomas, like doubting Thomas, um, we make the comment that all of us would be a doubting Thomas, right? Yeah, probably. <laughs> I fell with him because, you know, even though he said he would rise three days later, they didn't get the reference. Right. And what Jesus went through on the cross, you know, he couldn't even bear... The, it was tradition for someone being crucified to carry their cross up to the hill where they were per, where they were hung. Yeah. Um, Jesus was had been beaten so bad that he he didn't even have strength enough to do that. They had to compel someone from the crowd think to they, help him to help him to bear his cross up to the top of the hill. Yeah. And then he was hung. He, they didn't even have to break his legs because he was already dead. That's right. You know, and to for the for and that the, fulfilled a prophecy, by the way, that not mm-hmm. one bone would be broken. Yep, exactly. And then, so for the apostles to see this all happen, I mean, it was devastating because you know a lot of them thought it was going to be an earthly kingdom. Yeah. You know? And so when they heard that he had rose three days later, it's like, no, he didn't. Man, I seen what he went through. It's over. Go, you know. Yeah. This is over. Go, you know. And uh and so the fact that he did and was able to prove to Thomas that hey, here I am. Yeah. You know, put your fingers in my side, you know. Uh it fulfilled he he overcame death, you know, like no one ever has. And and so we have these accounts in his word to strengthen our faith that this actually happened. Yeah. You know, all these eyewitness accounts. And then it's preserved for us, and there's no mistakes in his word. That's right. The prophecies, just like you said, how in the world can you fulfill a prophecy by utilizing your enemies? You know, where they cast lots, where there wasn't a bone broke. How they know, and I think you brought one up the other day, somebody did, the fact that um, hanging on a cross being crucified wasn't even a thing but yet it was prophesied yeah. when when it wasn't even a practice Psalm 22 it was it was prophesied that uh, he was going to have holes in his hands and his feet and yeah. that wasn't even in practice wasn't for another even 500 a years of yeah so you know that's amazing Th- those are all faith builders for us that we can put our trust in this yeah and if if we put our trust in it and do exactly what it says there's a reward for us. You That's know, right. We we sometimes don't talk about that enough. What 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 are we gonna get if we if we if we do exactly what the Bible says? Well, forgiveness of sins for one. Yeah. You know, but he we will um, have the hope of eternal life with him in heaven. Yeah. Uh, if we do what he says, you know, he's going to uh, be on our side on Judgment Day. Yeah. Enter into enter into my bosom, you Eternal know. reward. Eternal yeah. reward. And that's what we want. But we have to do exactly what he says. That's right. You can't add or take away. And you gotta live faithfully. You live know, faithfully. And Romans six, three through seven really illustrates what baptism does spiritually. You know, um as first Peter Talks about how it's it's not the removal of filth from the flesh, but an answer of a clean conscience towards God. Here, there's this 
this notion of putting to death the old man, our our old way of life, our sinful life. Starting in verse 3, it says, Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? Therefore we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. For he who has died has been freed from sin. So we have, we have died. You know, we've put to death the old man. Mm-hmm. And as we arise out of that watery grave, we leave the old man in that grave to walk in newness of life with Christ. This is when we have been forgiven of our sins. So you, you have that, the old sinful life, that old man full of sin is left in that watery grave, and you, you are to walk in newness of life with the Lord. Now, this does not mean that you cannot sin after. That's why, you know, we have like Revelation 2.10, remain faithful until death, and we will receive the crown of life. But it's this abiding in Christ after. This is when Christ adds you to his church. Now you must abide in Christ. You know, abide in Christ like Christ abided in his Father. Mm -hmm. And so, and that's John 15 really, really is a good spot to bring out that we need to abide in Christ. We need to stay in Christ. Because just like as it says in Galatians 5.4, let's actually turn back over there so I can Kind of break that verse down a little bit more. Galatians 5.4. So he says, You have become estranged from Christ, you who attempt to be justified by law. You have fallen from grace. So first, you have become estranged from Christ. So we see that they have already been baptized into Christ. Right? Because... If you're not baptized into Christ, then you're already estranged from Christ. Then he says you have become estranged from Christ. So they are in Christ already, and they have become estranged from Christ because their problem, what they were doing, they were going back to the law of Moses Mm -hmm. and trying to be justified by the law of Moses, living by it, you know, perhaps um, not eating certain meats or sacrificing or, you know, just following the the law, um, the law of Moses, you have become estranged from Christ, you have fallen from grace. And and so you have that, just because you are baptized into Christ, that does not mean that that's the end. That's the beginning. You need to remain faithful. You need to continue in Christ. You need to abide in Christ and stay in Christ. Because if you fall away, well, then you have become estranged from Christ. And then when you look at, at Hebrews 10, 26, through, th- through about 30. <clears throat> if we sin willfully, this is starting in verse 26 of Hebrews 10. If, for if we sin willfully after we have received the knowledge of the truth... 
there no longer remains a sacrifice for sin, but a certain fearful expectation of judgment and a fury indignation which will devour the adversaries. Anyone who has rejected Moses' law dies without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. Of how much worse punishment do you suppose he would be thought worthy, who has trampled the Son of God underfoot, counted the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified a common thing, and insulted the Spirit of grace? For we know him who said, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. And again, the Lord will judge his people. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. So here, notice verse 26. If we sin willfully after we have been Received added to Christ, yeah. then what happens? There no longer remains a sacrifice mm-hmm. for sin for you. Yeah, You have fallen away. Now you're guilty of your sin again. And so, you know, this is willfully sinning. We all do fall short. Perhaps mm-hmm. we are doing things that we don't recognize is sinful. That's why we need to continue to study mm-hmm. to try to find the way of God. And as we grow stronger in the Lord, that's how we, oh, God says not to do this here, and I'm doing that. I've been sinning. I need to change my ways. And continuing to change, continuing to grow closer to the Lord. And so that's, again, going back to loving Him because He first loved us. Now, what is beautiful about the Word of God is I don't care how long you've been studying it. If you've been studying it for 40 years, there's still something else you can learn from it. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's that's the beautiful aspect. We're talking about the wisdom of God, and He made it, He simplified it enough for the simple man to understand it. Mm-hmm. But it takes study and, and diligence in Him. And notice... Going back to Hebrews 10, uh, not Hebrews 10, Hebrews eleven six. So, without faith it is impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Now, there's a, a reward for those who diligently seek him. We must be diligent in seeking him. Yeah. If we're not diligent, then then there is there a reward? And that's what we have to ask ourselves. Chad, do you have something to add to that? Well, we just have to make sure that nothing, um, you know, sometimes things can get in the way of seeking him. You know, right. we live in a world of distractions right now. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and so, you know, there's we have to be careful, uh, you know, that we're making the right decisions and putting God first, you know, so that you know, that's important, and that's what he tells us to do. You yeah, know? that that everything in you know we we read all the time that everything in this life is temporary. Yep. You know, it talks about the grass, how the grass withers away. Yeah, um, Dave, I know how much you're enjoying this ice and snow that we have outside. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but guess what? It's not going to stick around forever. It's going to go away. It's going to fade away, and it's going to go on to the next season. Yeah, you know, nothing stays the same, and. And so things in this life wither away. Yeah. You know, and that's the point that this will not wither away. Yeah. The word of God will not wither away. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And you're absolutely right. And 
you know, God in his power can preserve it until the end of time. Yeah. And he, you know, and that's why we're told in in uh, 1 Corinthians 2, 5. While you're looking that up, I just say, like, yeah. his, his word, you know, um, has been challenged over the years. Oh, it, it's and the it, most... And it hasn't gone away. The the book, the, the Bible is under more scrutiny than any other book in the world. Yet we still have it today. And yet there's no fault in it either. No, and it hasn't been, you know, it doesn't contradict itself at all. Yeah. And so that's of God. And that's right. That we have this preserved for us. Go ahead. It, and First uh, Corinthians 2, 5, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Yeah. And, and I want to bring out the power of God here, because God, in his infinite power, is going to make sure that his word remains intact. Mm-hmm. That his way of salvation remains intact. Yeah. What you need to do is put your faith in that. And not in the wisdom of men. Because you have, say you have seven wise men mm-hmm. who are the head of the church and telling you, well, you're too stupid to understand it. Yeah. Well, then why does God tell us in Second Timothy 2.15 to study it? Yeah. If we're too stupid to understand it, why is he telling us to study it? Well, and, and there's always something to learn, right? Right. We, we always... You know, every time we sit down and look at His Word, we're we're strengthening ourselves, or we're reminding ourselves. Oh yeah, I've read this before. Boy, this makes a lot more sense to me now. That's you right. Know? And and so we have to continue in it through our lives. It's not something that you can retire from. That's right. You know, it's it's not something that that we get done doing. This is this is one thing that we need to maintain throughout our lives: studying His Word. You know, understanding, trying to make ourselves better. You know, it, it never, it never quits, and yeah, and encouraging one another. You know, like helping each other, lift each other up. You know, things like that. That's right. And you know, we will retire, Chad, but God will retire you. Yeah, that's right. When you're dead, God yeah. will, God will, God will retire well, you. A great example that we, the greatest example I think that we have in the Bible is um, Paul. You know. Yeah. He was in prison and still, you know, writing, um, teaching, you know. Yeah, evangelizing from prison. Yep, evangelizing yeah. from prison. You know, he didn't ever quit. Yeah. No matter what adversity was handed his way, he still did the Lord's work. And, um, and he know. was he was willing and happy to suffer for Christ. Yeah. Uh-huh. He was he was more than willing to be in prison, more than willing to mm-hmm. be stoned. Left mm-hmm. for dead, and all the tribulations that he has gone through. Which, man, I don't wish what he's gone through on my worst enemy. No. Like he has gone through so much, yeah, and yet he was happy to do it for the sake of Christ, to to further the word of Christ. Yeah, and that's what that's what we need to understand. The word of Christ is so important. Mm-hmm. And that's what we need to do. We need to continue in it. We need to continue to to spread His word, but we need to also make sure that we don't taint it. You know, the the hardest part for a preacher is to get out of the way of the word of God. You know, when when you're preaching, you need to make sure that the word of God is is the forefront of your message, not your words. It's 
God's words and get out of the way of it. You know, just like with, with the Bible study, a yeah. lot of times you, you'll sit down and be studying with somebody and you think you need to, to help explain the Word of God to them. Or, yeah. Which sometimes you needed do. sometimes, but like, let God do the explaining part. Yeah, God gives the increase, he tells us. That's right. You know, and, and let let God do the, the heavy lifting. You know, when you sit down, take them to the Word of God, have them read it. If they have a question on it, you know, then go from there. But have the Word of God tell them. You know, like Chad, it would not mean anything if I just came to you and said you have to be baptized. Mm-hmm. Like you do, but if I don't show you, don't you where show you Christ where tells is. you that you need to, it's meaningless, right? Mm-hmm. So let God show you. You know, let's take them to the Word of God and let God show you what He says. Yeah. You know, because me saying it doesn't mean anything. And people can argue with you all day long. They cannot argue with the Word of God. That's right. And most people don't want to argue with the Word of God. So if you take them to the Word of God, they're not going to be arguing with God. And if they do kind of grunt and moan a little bit about it, well, take them to more of the Word of God, and eventually, Mm -hmm. you know, they're going to have to make the choice of whether serving God or serving themselves. Our job is to take them to that fork in the road and make them choose. Oh yeah, absolutely. And and it's so important um to basically show them, you know, the just like in um Matthew twenty eight twenty, teaching yeah. them to deserve all things that I've commanded you. You know, not what you say, not what I say. Yeah. You know. And not, not commanding them to teach most of the things that no, he says. It's all things. It's all things. That's underlined. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that is Did it's, I underline it? Yeah. That's funny. But, but it's true, though. It's not some. It's not, you know, and, you know, I just picture my English teacher standing up there going, it says all. You do all things, not some, not, <laughs> yeah. you know, teaching English. I mean, there. this is a word, all. You can't get away from it. Yeah. It doesn't mean anything else. It's all. Yeah. You can't take one away. You know, we talk about. Uh, Thomas Jefferson cut things out of his Bible because he didn't yeah. like what it said. Well, you can't do that. It doesn't matter if you don't like what it says. Yeah. You still have to do it. <laughs> the truth offends. Yeah. And going back to Naaman, um, dipping seven times in the Jordan River. Yeah. He didn't like what it said. No. He was offended and he was mad. What? I'm not going to do that. You know? And thank goodness to his servant who says, hey, if he said to do something great, wouldn't you? Yeah. Well, just yeah. do it. So just do it. Just try it. And and only when he did what it said was he cleansed of his leprosy. Only when he was obedient to the word of God. Exactly. Yeah. And and so all things is everything. You have to and and you have to study and That's right. and, and understand what all things are there. Yeah, you wouldn't you would never be able to do all if you don't study. And you know, and at the end of Second Timothy two fifteen, as it talks about studying, it says rightly divide the word of truth. Yeah. The only way you can rightly divide it is if you study it. You know, mm-hmm. and by studying it is meditating, it is taking in what he's saying and 
allowing it to change your life. That's what it's talked about there. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And where are we at on time? Uh, we got about a minute. Okay. I knew we were getting close. <laughs> yeah, we're close. Um, Did we read James 2.10? No, that's a good one, though. Let's look at James 2.10. Uh, yeah, go ahead. It says, uh, for, for whoever shall keep the whole law and yet stumble in one point, he is guilty of all. So, you know, that's a great point, you know, talking about all. If you if you stumble in one thing, it's kind of like what's that game we play? Jenga, the Jenga blocks. Yeah, you take one block out, the whole thing falls. Yeah, you know if if it's your turn, that's what I think about. Is like something that got built really nice, and then oh look, here's a nice board. I'm gonna take this one, and then the whole house falls down. Yeah, that's exactly what happens if you don't do all. If well, you and, take one thing out, and how many? I've personally heard this, Chad. Probably you have too. Where, well, yeah, well, they don't do that, but they do, they do all these other good things. Yeah, sure. You, you know, going back to the the, the core beliefs. You know, yeah. as you were talking about. Yeah. Well, here we have the core. We have the same core Christian beliefs, but we do this differently. Yeah. <laughs> but we don't do it all. Yeah. No, you well, can't do that. If you're if you stumble in one point, you are guilty of all. And this is where we understand that Satan doesn't have to have all of you. He just has to have a part of you. He yeah. has to have you just believe one lie. And he'll let you believe that you're fine. He'll he'll leave you oh, alone. Oh, sure. He'll he'll make you believe that oh yeah, you're doing great. Yeah. You know, I've I've heard of people who are doing everything everything the Bible tells you not to do, and then they're they're being blessed with wealth in this life. And they've convinced themselves that they're fine because, well, God must be blessing me, so I must be doing fine. Because God is blessing me with all this earthly stuff. Yeah. God never promises blessings in this life. There's always a but, isn't there? Yeah. You know, I know someone that's um, um, had kind of a rough go, ended up having a baby out of wedlock. Um, the guy was terrible. And then now is living with another boyfriend um, who's, you know, kind of accepted the new baby and that, and they're living together, but they're not married. Yeah. And, and there's always a, but, but she's just had such a rough go of it. You know, it's like, that doesn't justify what they're doing. Yeah. You know, it, it doesn't justify it. They're That's still right. unmarried. They're still not doing exactly what God said to living do. Living in fornication. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and so it doesn't justify all that just because you were treated unfairly, maybe, whatever the case may be. That yeah. doesn't justify the actions to continue in that. Yeah. You know, you need to change something. Yeah. And uh, how about we end on, because we're out of time. Yeah. Uh, John 12. John 12? Yeah. 47 through 50, right? Yeah, 47 through 50. All right, I'll read it. Okay. So John 12, 47 through 50 says, And if anyone hears my words, this is Jesus speaking, and does not believe, I do not judge him. For I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. This is important. He didn't come to to uh, condemn anyone. He came to save. Yeah. If you don't follow him, that's on you. But how does he save? Continue so continue on. on, verse 48. He who rejects me and does not receive my words has that which judges him. The word that I have spoken will judge him in the last day. For I have not spoken on my own authority, but the Father who sent me gave 
um, me a command what I should say and what I should speak. And I, I know that his command is everlasting life. Therefore, whatever I speak, just as the Father has told me, so I speak. Yeah. So what's important to note is Christ came to save us, and he brought his word. Mm-hmm. His word is what saves us. He laid down in his word. He came to save us. What we must do. Mm-hmm. You know, and and this, he's saying, do this and mm-hmm. you'll be saved. Yeah. That's what his word is. Mm-hmm. Do this and you'll be saved. If you don't do this, you won't be saved. Mm-hmm. It will judge you. Mm-hmm. You know, so to going back and... You know, there's there's a lot of times where you do find people who are in tough spots, and it's like, you know, I you can sympathize because they're they're in a tough spot, but you gotta conform to this life. You gotta conform to the word of God. Mm-hmm. You gotta transform. Mm-hmm. You know, it's 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 a part of you know everyone has their own cross to bear, mm-hmm. and whatever situation you got yourself into. However tragic it may be, you need to you still have change to do, it to conform to this yeah, word. exactly. Because it's the word that's going to judge you. Yeah, and if you don't do it, <laughs> you it's on you. That's right. It's on you. You, yep. you turned away from it. Yeah. You didn't listen. That's a great great way to end that, Chad. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, thanks, everyone, for uh, listening. I've certainly enjoyed the study, as usual. Always. And uh, hopefully it's been beneficial to you. Uh, uh, be sure and share. And uh any uh, prelude to actually tomorrow's lesson? Yeah. <laughs> tomorrow's knowing, study? It's going to be uh, knowing your enemy. Okay, so next week <clears throat> next week we'll talk about knowing your enemy. It might not come out till Thursday because we got some things going on. Um, but uh, we'll certainly get one to you for next week. So thanks for listening. Thank you, guys.